Oh yeah, I'm Barry Moran, and you're listening to Mayo Are Back. How are we lads? Con Mort here, Mayo Are Back. Look at guys, you're listening to one of the best podcasts I've ever heard. It's Mayo Are Back. Angelina Nugent speaking, just wanted to say, uh, Mayo Are Back. Hello, this is Kim Jong-un, and welcome to the Mayo Are Back podcast. How do you? Pope Francis here, Mayo Are Back. Mayo Are Fucking Back. Let them say what they like about Mayo people, but Mayo supporters are the best supporters in the world. Hello folks and how do you're very 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 welcome indeed to the Mayo Are Back podcast It's good to have you back, it's good to have you listening You're listening to my good self TJ and my inbred accomplice beside me, my old comrade Fat Larry How do Fat Larry? Hi TJ, how are you? How are you getting on? It's great to be back, another week Another week on the road on this magical journey through the winter The Mayo winter as we're calling it now it's great to be here. And semi-final week. It's very exciting, isn't it? Well, it's so exciting, Fat Larry. Whether you're listening to this in Bally or Ballyhane, Tormacady or Timbuktu, every inbred the length and breadth of planet Earth seems to be talking about Mayo fever at the moment. And what a time of year to get such a fever as we build up towards Santi coming now. The only thing that we want to come down our chimney pots this Christmas is, of course, Sam Maguire. There's been people getting in touch with us from all four corners of the world of Mayo over the last while. You know, Mayo fever is really up and running now and it's it's reaching fever pitch, I think, at this stage. Been throwing out podcasts here week on week and I think we've just been... They've been getting more and more wild as the weeks have gone on. No more so than this week now. Big semi-final coming up. We're feeling, I know... I'm just speaking for myself here. I'm I'm really, really, I'm really, really pumped now for this podcast. And I think, you know, the suggestion has been made, I think, by in some quarters in previous weeks that, you know, maybe we were getting a little bit too serious or maybe analysing the game too much. So I think we're just going to have to kind of open the belt now tonight and just kind of shoot from the hip, as it were. I agree with you, Fat Larry. You know, with the lockdown and everything that comes with it, a lot of anxiety for Mayo fans this time of year. You know, we were very nervous the last few weeks and we were probably in a way over-preparing for these podcasts and we were being a little bit too critical in our analysis. So as you said, the belt is definitely off. The pants are down, as it were, for this evening's podcast and the shackles are off. We're ready to let loose. And it's a jam-packed show we have lined up ahead of us now. Um, We've got so much to discuss. We've got, you know, the semi-final at the weekend. You know, we've got Christmas. We also have, you know, the Mayo are back Christmas cards to throw in there as well. A lot to get through. You know, really, really excited now. And I think it's going to be, as you said, fabulous. I do think, Fat Larry, that's a great place to start with the Mayo are back Christmas card collection, which has been, whew, the response, guys, it has been absolutely fabulous and absolutely phenomenal, as it were. It's been amazing to see so many inbreds getting in touch and showing off their inbredness by asking for the little postcard, the little five postcard collection that you can send to five inbreds of your choosing. If you'd like to join the squad there and pick up a little packet for yourself, just send us a DM on the Instagram and we'd be very happy to sort you out. We're going sending the profits to a charity and, you know, let us be the first to praise ourselves in this instance, Fat Larry. We're great men when you think about it, you know, we're turning all of this money into, we're sending it towards a good cause. You know, we did want to give some of it to Mayo GEA, but we'd know better than to do that. But I suppose we must touch on the fan base now. I love touching on this fan base. Say, for example, if we were in Cavan coming into an All-Ireland semi-final, it'd be hard to get two red cents out of them whores. But here in Mayo, 
we've got this fully inbred fan base that are so used and so ingrained to just forking their money away and handing it over for no return at this time of year anyways you know they'll be glad to get the postcards out of it I think it's working out well for everyone Definitely, and we're seeing we have a very generous fan base here in Mayo. We've said it on this podcast numerous times over the years that this fan base have one of the deepest sets of pockets of any GEA county in the whole country. And it's great, as you said, that you know we have a fan base that you know just gets so far behind the team and just throw so much money away on this you know mad wiry sort of a journey that we've been on. And listen. We're very, very grateful. We've been inundated with people getting in touch. I think above any year, it's important to, you know, get in touch, keep in contact with people. And if we can send that bit of inbred cheer far and near, that's what it's all about, particularly in the run up to the Christmas. And as you said, donating to charity, fabulous. You know, if we can help some locals, you know, some good causes out there, we're all for it. As we said, Anybody who gets into the GA, you know, with the goal of making money off it should take a good long look at themselves, really, seeing as it is an amateur organisation. You would forget about that at times, but we're not here for the money. We're just here to help people just be a bit half-baked, really, and a bit inbred. And it's great to see they're out in their droves. And as you said, we don't have tight supporters, so it's fantastic. They're very happy to hand over their cash and, you know, get nothing in return. They also are unbelievably loyal. And we felt that loyalty this season in particular, Fat Larry. There was a lot of people saying the Mayor Back podcast was past it. Too old, too fat, a lot of them. They don't have a chance of making it into the podcast game anymore. They've been around the block three or four times. But I tell you, no more than this Mayo team. We're back. We're ready to go at it all over again. And we're ready to get down and dirty this Sunday when we're watching Tipperary. And I know I, for one... I've starved myself of football over the last week or two and I am going to be right ready to go now on Sunday morning. Get up around half past five, drive up to Crow Park anyways. I know we can't go in, but for me personally, it'll be, it's like going to Mecca. Do you know, sometimes you have to just go to the Hajj. You have to just experience that out of body moment that you get in and around the Drumcondra area. Definitely. You know, one of the great, I suppose, customs that Mayo fans would have, you know, would be to get up there to the stadium nice and early. You know, it's always nice to, you know, talk shite to a guy outside the big tree. You might make a piss out the back of the smoking area, Quinn, something like that. It's all these little rituals now that, you know, you kind of, you can't do this year. But I always go into John Gunnigan's garden and sit down the back and try and get a peep of him. He won't come out and chat to me, but usually you see himself and Rob Murphy in there chatting away. Well, he'd have no interest talking to any of us now. We'd be we'd be on different wavelengths altogether, I think. But, um, you know, as you said, there has been a lot of shade thrown our way this year. You know, some people yeah. suggested that, you know, this podcast was... You know, things like off the boil, we were gone past it. You know, we didn't have the longevity to keep going through the COVID times. But listen, we're still here pumping out podcasts. You know, we've we've gone on longer than Andy Moore. And, you know, we're still here playing, doing our bit. And, you know, I think we should be definitely commended for that. Absolutely. You know, it's been a tough year. But, you know, as we always say here, you know, tough times bring out the best in people. And, you know, I think... We can definitely uh, we can definitely say that about ourselves now. Now, famously, this podcast does not have many outside voices, so I suppose we're the only ones in the position to critique ourselves. And I would suggest, Fat Larry, in the way that you have, that we're doing a damn fine good job of it. I think our numbers have proved that. If you go out there and listen to the inbreds on the street, you know, we have formed, we've helped to form, we've helped to hold up a spotlight to this 
unbelievable subculture of deeply unwell Mayo fans, probably carrying a lot of emotional baggage and trauma like the two inbreds you're listening to here. And we've brought that to the fore in very unhealthy ways in All-Ireland finals and semi-finals in the past. I suppose this year we're being kept as far away from the pitch as possible and it's serving our team very well. So it shows the fans that, you know, we're not fully there. We're not right in the head. But me and Fat Larry know that how could we be with everything that we've gone through? We couldn't be right. And that band of Mayo support is often forgotten about in this wider discussion. You know, we always think that, you know, it's all about the players and the manger or mangers, depending on what season you're talking about. But there is a great supporters base out there, you know, and we're seeing it here day in, day out. You know, people are just getting really half-baked. And we've always said it here, you know, when we're going well as an organisation, the Mayo team tend to follow along after us in that order. So when we start upping our game, the team tend to come along with us. And mm-hmm. we're definitely seeing that this year now. Mm-hmm. It's quite a symbiotic relationship in that way, as it were. And, you know, I feel like we've been really thriving over the last few weeks. This knockout championship football, it suits us. James Horan said to his players at the start of the year, he sat them down. He said, guys, we're going to have to steer clear of the back door this year. In every way, shape or form, both on and off the pitch, we need to take the direct route, we need to plough right through Connacht, in through the front door, kick our way through the semi-final and open up a little surprise package when we play the dubs. Absolutely, we've gone through the back door the last couple of years and speaking of men who really enjoyed the back door, Donald Drake was always a man who was a very big fan of the back doors we saw over the last couple of years and... He's retired and obviously moved on from the Mayo team. And I suppose fortunes have changed as well. You know, we've come through the front door this year after, you know, a long stretch where we couldn't get a Connacht title and couldn't make the direct route up to Crow Park. So it's been great this year, you know, that we've gone the direct route. As we, I suppose, talk about Donald Drake, it would be remissive of us at this stage, you know, after the tough year it's been. Obviously, we lost Donald Drake and his um, son, Andy Morn, they both decided to walk away. But we also lost another curly-headed wizard, of course, Diego Maradona, of course, who was a big fan of Donald Drake during his you know, spell when he was following the Mayo team. And it's been a tough year, you know, you losing Donald and Andy. You know, that was a big void to leave. And I think it'll just be interesting to see now how the Mayo team cope with, you know, Maradona's passing now. They haven't played, obviously, since it happened. Do you think it'll have any impact on this game now against Tipperary? I do, to be quite honest, Fatlery, I do. I know I, for one, I'm hoping to see Aidan O'Shea recreating the Maradona keepy-uppy warm-up out on the pitch in Crow Park as he walks around the hallowed turf. Furthermore, I suppose, if we ever were to win anything of great nature, if things ever went back to normal and, say, hypothetically, we managed to win an All-Ireland final... I'd love to see this team out celebrating like Maradona. Definitely, yeah. And and I suppose one thing that Maradona always did well was Maradona showed up on the big day and he performed when it mattered most. And, you know, sometimes Maradona did some things you could say were a little bit, you know, maybe not in the rules or illegal with the goal of winning in the end. And I suppose we're seeing that now from Mayo this year. Obviously, Killian has done it for many years. Let's hope now he can match that with his performance. But I mean, Owen McLaughlin now is a guy straight in the team this year. He has no problem with cheating. He'll happily cheat in every game, all of the time. But if his team win at the end, that's the most important thing. And that is great to see from a football purist point of view. You know, we're pure Mayo supporters and we've been pure disappointed in the past when the dubs have 
had that little bit of cynicism now that we haven't had. We wouldn't know what to do with ourselves in those situations normally. But it seems we're back now with a little bit of steely toughness that we need. And the Maradona comparison, it doesn't just stop there, folks. I mean, for example, one only has to recall the great goal he scored against our near neighbours, England. We can recall the way he rose high into the sky and fisted that ball into the sack. Andy Moran-like almost. An Andy Moran-esque fist. It reminded me of Andy, Donald, all thrown in together when I saw it. Even young Doc is a fan of the flying fist. And maybe that's a tactic we could recreate against Tipperary. The smashy fist has worked on them in the past. And you can be sure they'll try it against us. And of course, Jordan Flynn would always fist people and the ball at times as well you know hopefully we see a bit of that from him now at the weekend now we're just after touching on it there and we better I suppose allude to it at some stage at the podcast May we're playing Tipperary at the weekend absolutely they're playing Tipperary and just before we move on to the Tipperary game I just wanted to mention something that popped up in my head Um, just as I was watching you know some of the the footage of of Diego Maradona and you know some of his great games and stuff like that and I know I'm I'm going a little bit off the record here and a little bit off the cuff as it were but I suppose my plan isn't as good this evening as usual and speaking of plans that brings me on I suppose to of course Pat Noel and I just thought that you know when Maradona died you know I suppose being the person that I am I always kind of usually... Pat and Noel come into my mind all of the time and and none more so when I saw that Maradona died when I just thought of you know how Maradona would have cheated a couple of times but also used to produce magic and beauty on the football field and I just thought it was like that with Pat and Noel as well they brought such magic you know to the Mayo team when they were manging you think of seven goals in a Connacht final or Big Aiden in at full forward and then you think of how badly they were cheated after in Ballyhane, of course, at the end of that season, I just thought it was very... It's sort of Maradona's life almost summed up Pat Noel's tenure, really, in the Mayo. I, you know what? I'd never really thought about it like that before, but I have to say I 100% agree with that sentiment. Now, as you said before, I'm gone completely off topic here, but yes, Mayo are playing Tipperary this weekend. And you forget about it sometimes. We don't talk about Mayo all the time here. Rather than focusing on this weekend too much now, before we get bogged down on it, I'd like to go back to this weekend 100 years ago. You remember it well, Fat Larry? Yes. You were in your infancy back then, but, you know, for some listeners who will be a bit younger than us in our years, they won't recall what was going on back then. We'll just lay the scene for you out, guys. In 1920, there was an unstoppable force obliterating everything in its path. This was the English Crown Army, of course, and they were killing Irish people left, right and centre. Today, in this modern day and age, we have the exact same situation, but it's the f- through the form of the Dublin GA football team. And instead of guns, they have money. And instead of the Queen, they have Bertie Ahern. And instead of Army Generals, they have old knobs like Kieran Whelan and Jason Sherlock. Sponsored, of course, by the brutal, dark overlords that are, of course, AIG, who are just wreaking complete havoc and destruction all over the country and I think it's an absolute farce and I just love listening to the dubs and how deluded they are and they talk about how they've done nothing wrong and that their 16 million was got legally and all this kind of shite it would be just the best Christmas present of all now like at this stage I couldn't give a shite who does it if it's Cavan or ourselves it'd be just great to see Inbreds fighting back and getting a big scalp over the dubs. 
I'd like to see maybe Mayo, Tipperary and Cavan, all three teams colluding together this week. You know, let's pool the resources here. Dublin are able to make everything centralised and localised there. Why can't Mayo, Tipperary, Cavan link up here? We'll pick a 15 of the best players from all three squads. We'll amalgamate our tactics and play a very fluid style of gender-neutral brand, transitioning between the defence, the attack, the sexes, whatever. Something like that could stand up to these dubs. Yeah, or alternatively, I was thinking maybe that we could form some sort of an NBA-style bubble in and around Father Flanagan Park in Ballon Robe. And mm. in that bubble, you could put Tipperary, Cavan and Mayo, and they could play off against the three of each other in a kind of a Tri-Nation-style format for the Dr. McKenna Cup. And they, the winner then could be crowned the real Ireland champion. And you know what? You could say, fuck the dubs and let them take their 16 million and their Sam Maguire and just let them keep it for themselves because no one gives a shite about it. What we really care about is these real counties, you know, with real inbreds and real football supporters who have to play by the amateur rules and not by AIG's rules. This organisation, it's a disgrace the way it's so skewed they give them everything. They give them home All-Ireland semi-finals, home All-Ireland finals. They never have to travel and play a game away from home. They've got the most money you could ever have pumped into a team from the government and from the GAA and from the AIG. They make me absolutely sick. And even worse still now, they're going using all this money to take over our county ground. This is breaking news, very much breaking news coming before me on my desk this evening that AIG are the front runners to take over McHale Park, as it were, now that Elvries have pulled out. I suppose the Elvries contract paled in comparison to the AIG one. AIG were given two million a year to each Dublin player for them to work on their conditioning and a new GPS system. Mayo, by stark contrast, Elvries were given them one pair of boots between the whole 30 of them and about €25 voucher. One for all voucher that could only be spent in Elvries. It's a disgrace. And speaking of men with their heads up their arse, Matthew Ruan, he is a man with his head screwed way up his arse this year and it's absolutely fantastic to see. And you know what, I think now we could, you know, use Matthew a lot better now you know, we should be utilising him a lot more now. On the field, like I've no doubt now, he's looking forward to going up and absolutely screwing Fenton in a few weeks' time in the All-Ireland Final. But I think we should have him, you know, we should be making money off him some other way. We should be making little Matthew Ron action men or, you know, little, I don't know, something to that description because I think this guy is absolutely fabulous and to see him playing, you know, with that cockiness and confidence now, that's what we need now if we're going to win the All-Ireland. I mean, he's looks like a player transformed and reborn. It's all this encouragement he's been getting from Mayo fans who are not able to say it to his face or at the match, but are still doing it in the comfort of their own homes. Mayo fans are sitting down and they are roaring, fuck you, Matthew. What the hell are you doing? Anytime he, you know, sets the foot out of line at all. That's so encouraging, mm. though. When he hears that, it really just sperms him on to... Give that little bit more. Yeah. And you'll see it this weekend again. He's going to come out and blitz them in the second half. And Matthew, is, his confidence is sky high at the minute. Because as you said, inbreds can't go up and tell him this face to face. So what they're having to do is they're having to follow him on TikTok. They're having to follow him on Twitter and Instagram. And Matthew is loving this. Like he's loving the fact now that he's getting all these new followers. And he's kind of saying to himself, well, I could have more followers than Aiden now soon. No, I, I could be the best, you know, Mayo player to ever come out of Brafey. And he's playing with that confidence now. And I think, you know, if we're going to do the business now, we're going to need to see this guy really going well. And I think his form this year has been absolutely fantastic. And I suppose that kind of 
comes along naturally to what you were saying previously in some whichever way you know to AIG you know I think that the two are kind of go hand in hand you know that while Dublin have AIG they don't have someone like Matthew on their team you know with his with his head up his arse and him playing so well I think it's fabulous well, as long whatever where which way his head is, I couldn't tell you now, Fat Larry. But as long as we can see that mustache, I think that that's been a defining feature of this Mayo team. You know, we've been known in the past for our attacking wing backs and our teak tough defensive style of marking. But when you look at Matthew now, the mustache is it's a real trendsetter for young lads all around Ireland. They should be looking up to him as an example. And I hope he doesn't shave it off because we've always said Tashes win matches, and if we're the best looking team on the field on Sunday you can be sure we'll come out with the right result at the end of it. Definitely. And as we've said here before, when this podcast is going well and we're doing well, the Mayo team does well too. You know, and we've always said it here. We've always done it a little bit off the cuff. You know, we do it a little bit. You know, there mightn't be a real plan to what we're doing here, you know, or whatever. But it's kind of, you'd be hoping that the Mayo team now do the same against Tipperary now the next day. And they don't get bogged down in plans and tactics and all this kind of shite they just go out here now and absolutely go through them and I cannot wait to see it now do you know the open spaces above in Crow Park you've got young guys there very good looking fellas they're going to look really really well I think up on the nice sod up in Crow Park you know there's not going to be any muck on the ground they're going to be keeping clean they're going to look lovely all that kind of stuff fabulous or whatever but I think we have got players in our team who are going to be very, very well suited to the wide open expanses of Crow Park. Who are you looking forward now, TJ? Who do you think is going to look really well out there in Crow Park? Now, the one man that I really want to see, and I don't know if I will see him because the game time has been limited this year. He's another man. He broke through, tore everything asunder last year on his way up the Mayo ranks. But this year there hasn't been much sight of him, and that is... A dear friend, I suppose, we better throw in straight away. Martin Carr. Martin Carr, absolutely. The Arden native. Absolutely. And I think, for me, it's been one of the, I suppose, disappointing aspects of the season so far is that Martin has been, you know, not playing as well. Now, I know he's been carrying a few knocks and injuries and stuff like that, and it's very unfortunate, particularly after the big year he had last year. You know, he scored that fabulous goal below in Limerick against Galway. I remember above in Crow Park, he could hold his head very high against the Dubs, played really, really well. And it's been disappointing now that we haven't seen him. But I wouldn't write him off, you know, it's been three weeks since our last game. You know, that might have given him a chance to, you know, get the bit of spunk. I think that fella will be trying to just shift up through the gears now at the moment, to go from that second gear into a more third, fourth, even fifth gear if possible. And, you know, in a year where players can't take buses to games and stuff... We're relying on our cars an awful lot more and the players are relying on their cars a lot more. So hopefully now that kind of idea manifests its way onto the Mayo team and we see a much more prominent performance from young car now the next day. Well, there's some lads playing with, with the handbrake on. And they need to just let that off. They need well, to just you don't relax. Mind, you don't mind to see the, the handbrake on now. Because what you love to see is the handbrake on. You've got the car diffing around the cone in the full forward line, giving the ball into the cock. You've got Tommy Conroy in there now as well. Now you've got a real kind of, you know, it could be a real kind of shit fest in that full forward line. Mm. You've got lots of real fabulous Some forwards beautiful, in there. beautiful men playing in that forward Absolutely. line at the moment. Absolutely. You like, you'd love to see them all diffing around the cone. Stephen Cone making, you know direct penetrating type runs through the team you know it's great as we said to see Cohen making 
you know, that penetration. But I think you wanted to touch as well. There's been a lot of guys, not just on the Mayo team, but on the Tipperary team as well, who have been down under. Very much so, Fat Larry, in whatever which way you want to look at it. They have been down under. One only needs to refer to their midfielder, an all-star calibre guy. He's playing midfield for Tipperary. He's been playing in Australia for a couple of years. His name now, of course, is escaping me. It's probably not important, really, for the level of discussion that we're having here. Jerry O'Reardon? The very, the very man. That's the one. That fella now, when the last game against Cork, he employed a down-under style of fisting that a lot of our lads would not be used to. I know they've tried to poach some of our guys to go down-under. They've tried to get Matty Ruan to go down. They've tried to get Oisin Muglins to go down. I don't know about you, Fat Larry, but I hope they go down here in Mayo and don't go down under to Australia. No. They can go down as much as they want. There's a lot of... But they can't leave this county team. There won't be too many people out there saying that they wish that Oisin Mullen or Matty Ruan wouldn't go down under. But in this case, I hope they stay. You know, I hope they stay around. We need these guys, you know. We need these fellas playing here for Mayo, for the county team. You know, they're two of our finest players and two of our best-looking players as well. I mean, if we were to lose these guys and if they were to go down under... You know, there's time enough to go down under now when they're older. Do you know, they can. They need to focus on playing now. And know? another man, Fat Larry, you could put into that same category is Fergal Poland. Definitely. You know, this is another one, I suppose... We touched on it earlier, you know, we haven't seen the car out there this year for Mayo. Another guy who was a big, big find last year for us was Fergal Boland. We haven't seen him at all. Like, this guy this season has just been the definition of half-baked. You know, he's, is he a footballer? Is he a hurler? What is he? He's half-baked between the two. He can't seem to decide. Stuck he's definitely two. fallen victim of James Horan's I won't pick anyone from East Mayo policy, which is now Absolutely. set to be approved at County Broad level. They're going to bring it in next year where they're going to officially segregate hurling and football in this county. Hurling has been looked at as a mere hobby and, you know, some people need to take it a little bit more serious. So James Horan has recommended we cordon off all of East Mayo, starve them of football just give them schlithers and hurlies and let them sort it out amongst themselves. They're not even going to have policemen up there anymore. They're just going to sort everything out with the hurl and the schlither. Even in the classroom, everything will be taught through the hurl and schlither approach. And, you know, that should stand to them in the years to come. And for everyone else in the other three corners of Mayo, the real three corners of Mayo, <clears throat> they will be able to relax safe in the knowledge that that's pure football county. And this obviously is good news, of course, for oh, yeah. clubs like a club like Lacken now above in North Mayo are going to come out really well from this as well. Because as we know, Brendan Harrison, who's injured this year, he's obviously off fishing for the year. He, but he, I'm sure he'll come back when he's not fishing next year. But he's going to start playing for Lacken because he obviously can't be from East Mayo. And he's shite at Hurland, so he's one of the few that actually don't play. So, but then I suppose you're left with Fergal Boland, who's, as we said, is stuck between the two stools. You know, is he going to be... You know, we just want to see this guy fully baked. We want him to see fully into the hurling or fully into the football. Whichever way that kind of manifests itself, you know, county board rules and stuff like that. But for the majority of guys who are too shite to play football, they're just going to have to focus on the hurling. Well, we know. And uh, 
just in relation to, to, to the two of you, you're, you're in as a, as a 50-50 joint managership, would that be correct? At the end of the day, you know, it's not about what you say before you go out. Uh, it's just about going out and making sure they're ready when the ball's thrown in at 3.30. We have um, a very, very experienced group of players who have great leaders among them, you know what I mean, right throughout the pitch or whatever. So, you know, it's not about messages before the players go out on the pitch because, you know, they're, as I've said all along, they're an experienced group of players. At the end of the day, you know, it's not about what you say before you go out. Now I'm looking to manifest myself throughout the rest of this week. I'll be hitting fever pitch, as it were, as the days count down towards the big semi-final. We have word of a vaccine filtering through. Not the coronavirus vaccine, of course, but the Mayo fever vaccine. It's about to be administered on Sunday at 3.30 in a very small dosage, and we'll see how we react after that. Hopefully we'll be getting the full dosage, or the full shot, the full load, as it were, in the run-up to Christmas. And that'll keep us safe and well in our merry Mayo minds. And of course, one of the conditions that come with that as well then is that we get a Mayo win. That's a very, very important part because, you know, if we were to lose another big one up here now, particularly to a county like Tipperary, who are, let's be honest, guys, these guys are... In terms of football, they're nobodies, really. And I think, you know, us as a county now, we shouldn't be looking down on these guys or whatever which way, you know, but we should be very much looking straight through them now and on to an All-Ireland final. Because I think for a county like ourselves, we can't be, you know, meddling with, you know, teams like Tipperary. And I think, really and truly now, I think we're going to give these lads a right flake in now the next day. And I suppose going on about the game which we have managed to get to eventually here. What do you make now of the matchups and the tactics? Do you know anything about the tactics? What's what's it going to be like now? Oh, I think there'd be an awful lot of tactics, Fat Larry. There'd be a really? lot of tactics involved, big time, yes. Well, I suppose we alluded to the power that Tipperary are going to have through the fist, and they'd be looking to fist things through the middle on a lot of occasions with their big fister there in the midfield. They also have a couple of hot prospects in the forwards that we're going to have to get teak tough and tigerish in our markings but I suppose to echo some of what you're saying Fat Larry Tipperary they're just not a football county I suppose they're very much like Galway Roscommon Sligo and Leitrim in the sense that they're just not good at football and never will be Mm. but one thing that we could take from them and definitely impart into our own game is their curse breaking ability Mayo of course have been buoyed by banishing the five year drought and lifting the Homeli curse as it were Tipperary went one a lot better than that Fat Larry they broke an 85 year cunt of a curse when they won a Munster championship and I mean 85 it's a very long time to go without a bit of silverware it makes our 69 pale in comparison it makes our 69 look very limp in comparison to their 85 wow yes and I think you know I hope now some of the Mayo players just take the time during the game the next day now if you know Keegan is there standing beside Quinlevin and the ball is up in the Mayo forwards and they can't get it back you'd hope now that Lee will just say to Quinlevin just you know ask him what they did to banish their curse and what kind of stuff they were doing you know in the week before the game and voodoo dolls what kind of magic witchcraft this is this will really help the Mayo team now and I think they should do that now rather than just being you know passive they need to be proactive now the next day and 
not to be just kind of standing there vacantly looking up at the empty stand. They need to be, you know, looking forward now to the dubs and they should be doing that as well before the final whistle blows, in my opinion. And the kickouts are such a crucial part of oh, today's yeah. game and the inter-county game. I know you love touching on these kickouts and Davy Clark, Garda Clark's enigmatic style of kicking out. You know, he's often kicked the ball out like you'd, you'd pull a drunk out of a bar at two o'clock in the morning and kick him out onto the street. You know, he's, he's, he's oftentimes, he's been well able to come out and arrest that ball and take it into his own custody and give it a couple of quick questions before driving it back out the pitch again. But what I'd look for is really not from Clark's end, but it's from the receivers, our wide receivers and our more focused central midfielders around the midfield and Julian's a midfield in particular there, as it were. But Matthew Ruan now and his comrade Jordan Flynn, we saw the kind of stuff that those two boys get up to off the pitch you know this kind of upside down reverse 69 the curse breaker as we called it that beautiful beautiful image which still flashes up in my mind every couple of minutes oh yeah I'd like to see that applied in game mode so the ball is kicked out long down the middle they're going to have their big men jumping up to catch it we'll be a little bit cuter than that we'll have Jordan Flynn standing holding Matthew Ruan's head down down low and Matty's legs will be up in the air kicking frantically and just Mm. to get that first ball the first break and that'll be absolutely key in securing then the second break. And if there's a third break or a fourth break after that, we need to break back and get the ball. Definitely. And I think, as you said, not always Clark's fault. He needs a bit of help out the field. But one thing now we need to see from Clark the next day. David Clark has always been very, very accurate. Very, very good with the speed gun. Always very accurate. Always hits his targets. You know, cars coming by, they're very, very quick. They're going all over the place. Clarky is there, pew, pew, pew with the gun and he's getting them all and handing out all the penalty points. That's what we need to see from him now on Sunday. We need to see him hitting those men on the run. Yeah, fair enough, we need to see him, you know, lumping the high kick out, the high floating ball up on top of Aiden when he comes out to midfield. But we need to see him, you know, hitting the guys on the run, the guys, the little fast fellas, you know, the small lads there like Paddy Durkin, you know, and um, you know, Jeremy O'Connor's a small man. These little nippy type fellas, you know, hit them on the run. Don't be hanging it up in the air for them because, you know, Tipperary are very, very inbred, as we've already said here. They've got big, burly inbreds, and if we hit out big ball to guys like Matty Ruan and these fellas, we're going to get absolutely crucified now on Sunday. So it's a big game for Clark, and I think, as you said, tactics are a very, very big one here in this yeah. one. And I think it's how now that we utilise, in my opinion, the ball and I think for me it's going to be about a game of scores who gets the most scores that's what's going to decide this one now I would be inclined to agree with you Fat Larry but I've thought about this true you know a team could get a lot of scores but they could only be points goals of course is a three pointer Mm. three pointer for each individual goal as it were even so if Mayo were to pick up four or five of them over the course of the day Four times three, five times... Th- um, I don't know, if you have a calculator there handy, you can work it out at your home. Sh- do it yourselves at home. But if you can do that, I mean, you could score not that much and still win the game. I think that's something we could look into. But we have a, a big panel of players and there's a lot of tactics there. There's a lot of different nuances, I suppose, playing in between the lines, as it were, in some instances. But some of our big players on this panel that weren't allowed to go to the last games, I'm thinking of the likes of other guards like Colin Boyle. Colin Boyle now could be utilised in a way that other teams won't have this option. I would like to see Colin Boyle in full guard attire, marching up and down the sideline, 
just getting in the Tipperary management's ear and enforcing different rules around social distancing, breaking them up if they're getting too close. A physio runs on to treat a player, Cullen Boyle gets in and separates them for a two-metre rule. Absolutely. You, you know, you the, know. Ma- the mask falls down and the manager, Cullen Boyle, is there grabbing it and, and choking him out nearly and even handcuffing him on the ground. Or even to that nearly. end, you know, you have Tipperary, you know, going to break up the field and Michael Quinlevin is heading for the Mayo goal and Cullen Boyle could just kind of step in off the line and say, stop now. He could put the hand out and say, I need to test you. Where are you going? How far are you from your Where house? are you heading? And he'd say, well, I'm, I'm just heading up the pitch here to score a goal. And you tell him, no, that's too far. You're heading, you're, you're too far from your house. You have to turn, turn him back. Turn him back, dispossess him, get the ball off him, head up the field and get a score. I think, you know, it's going to be fascinating to see how Mayo use them because we have a few guards in the team. You know, we should be keeping you know, tight security now around our goal now the next day. And I think that situation you've just described there in such eloquent detail is probably the conversation Stephen Cohen has had in his own mind over the last few years. Until, of course, this year, once he started listening to the Mayo Back podcast, he threw the shackles off altogether and has now not been stopping for anyone. Even when a guard tries to pull him in on the actual roads, he has just been blitzing straight through checkpoints. And I don't think he's gotten done for it. People are... They're generally standing there, they're applauding him and they're clapping him. They're saying, look at that for bravery. Look at that for exciting young talent, the way he's after just blasting through that guy at the checkpoint there. And I never thought we'd say it, but, you know, we're going to have to try in the next now and get the ball into Cohen's hands. Because, you know, you've got to get the guys who are doing the scoring and doing the damage. And I, I know it's been a strange year and all that. And it's, 2020 is very different to previous years. But Cohen is like a man, he's like a man reborn out there this year. No, he's been absolutely... You know, there's no other word that I could use other than fabulous. You know, mm. I think it's just been so, you know, heartening to see. And he's been such a revelation for Mayo this year. It's just great, you know. But it's no coincidence that it's the number six and the number nine that have been the difference makers in this Mayo team this year. After 69 years of pain and misery. And and Loftus, you know, he's been in the Mayo panel. He's been an up-and-coming player for the guts of those 69 years now at this stage. So it's great to see him finally step up. And, you know, really take ownership of a starting role in the team, do you know? Yeah, and the prophecy is all there. It's written and we've been saying it, oh, I don't know how long we've been saying it for, but we've always said that this is the year that it all ends, folks. This is the year where the 69 years of pleasure begins. Merton hit me in an unmeasurable one. Did you deserve it? No, no, no. No. Why? I got up. You hit him back. No, I didn't hit him back at all. I hit him back with one four. One four? One goal and four pints. Come back and fucking do it. Why? Because I was simply the best of the time. I hit him back with one four. I hit him back with one four. I hit him back with one four. You understand that, don't you? One goal and four pints. One goal and four pints. You understand that, don't you? I hit him back with one four. And that's one of the reasons that Matthew McDermott has me to win. Now, TJ, I suppose we've got to that stage of the night now where we kind of have no other choice but... You know, we're going to have to try and make a bit of a prediction now and kind of put our necks on the line, put our reputation on the line and try and pick a winner in this one. How do you think this one's going to go now? I'm a bit nervous now at this stage, Fat Larry. This is the one segment of the podcast, I suppose, every time that we start laying our necks on the line and putting our heads on the chock and block, 
we will get absolutely rinsed for this now if we get anything wrong. Normally, I suppose, the podcast is so fact-based, so spot-on and on the money that people would be shocked from hearing anything that's, you know, not exactly 100% factual or correct. But I suppose when it comes down to calling this game, I see it as a similar enough battle to the last two games we've had thus far. I think that Mayo definitely have got a little bit more in the sack. And, you know, if we can channel Father Christmas as we get onto the pitch this, this, this weekend, let's be generous. Let's be generous with the ball. Let's spread it around like it was... You know, a viral infection. Let's get everyone in on the act. Let's get our forwards moving. Let's get the young guys like Aidan O'Shea on the ball nice and early. Get some of the more experienced fellas like Tommy Cumroy into it. I think there's definite scope for this game to go the full 70 minutes, if not more, included at a time. And, you know, it may start with 15 on 15, but it may not end that way. With, of course, black cards, red cards, whatever which way. All I can predict, I suppose, is a, a frantic, frenetic, fisting game of football that goes from end to end and back and forth and up and down the field. I think if you'd if you'd echo those sentiments, I'm not sure would you agree with that statement or not. By God, TJ would, and I'm sure the listeners at home would definitely be agreeing and, and probably echoing those sentiments themselves. And I'm sure if it was you that asked me that question, I would have probably gone along similar lines to that myself as well and I'd, I'd have to commend you I suppose for I suppose the level of time and detail that you have given to this game coming up now at the weekend and I just have to completely agree with you you know I think it's going to be one of those ones now one of those games I think that could be you know it's going to be tight you know like 10-15 minutes there now and then I think it's just going to open up I think Killian is just going to open them up he's going to shoot Everywhere, all over them. Wide open spaces above in Crow Park. He's been doing good work now in the tight spaces, in the sloppy conditions below in Hyde Park and below in above in Carrick and Shannon. And I think he's going to revel in the open spaces. The firm ground. Loves it firm. Tommy Conroy loves the firm ground as well. You know, you've got guys there now like Oshin Mullen. He's going to be flying up and down the wing there. Fabulous. It's only a shame now there's not going to be people able to watch him from the stand. But, you know, listen... Where it's going to be great. This, you know, Mayo are a third Crow Park team. Oh, James Horn loves doing it. Can I interrupt you? Can I say something for one second? Absolutely. Mayo are magic, in my opinion. Oh yeah. And I think that that sort of level of that mental approach from a fan's point of view, if we all have that in our minds, if we all start to manifest this idea that Mayo can somehow manifest their way through this game, I think we'll be. Come Sunday at half five, we'll have manifested ourselves so much that we'll be sore after it. I've been manifesting myself now for the bones of six weeks. I think if you look back pretty much since the day of the Leitrim game, it's been non-stop. I've been just kind of manifesting different ideas, you know, different approaches. I've been, you know, playing on my tactics board, doing all sorts of stuff. And I've got to say, this team just seems to have it right. You know, I think for one, you know, Horan is... You know, all of the tactical moves that I've been making and thinking about ahead of the game the next day, he seems to be just copying us. You know, I think the team are going well, we're going well. It's all looking very rosy in the garden now, heading up to Crow Park. You know, and I think, as he said, it's a shame now. You know, you think about it, you think back to the good old days, you think of the conga line, you think of standing outside, you know, Ferex above there, you think of, you know... God, they seem like a long time ago. We haven't, unfortunately, mentioned Supermax and Balnalak for a long time. It's these kind of things that, you know, you really miss. But if you kind of think about it, 
you know, you imagine the little mini Congo line, all the players going up to Crow Park. Aidan O'Shea's at the front of the Congo line driving into Crow Park in the Audi. Audi O'Shea, you've got all the lads going up there. And I think it's just going to be, for me, it's just a procession now at this stage. It's it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Aidan O'Shea, he's coming home to Mayo on Christmas Eve and he's going to unload all over the mall. And there's going to be in the middle of it is Sam Maguire. And it's going to happen. And as you said, you got to just imagine these things. Believe. And the more times you say it, the more times, you know, it's going to happen. Like if you, you know, every time you say O'Shea Mullen is class footballer, he just keeps getting better. Every time you say, you know, Owen McLaughlin can't get any more of an inbred. Like he could do fucking anything now the next day. Like you don't know what he's going to do. So I think it's all about positivity it's Mayo, 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 Mayo from the get-go, up Mayo. Mayo are back, lads, and I think they're going to be very, very good now the next day, and I think they're going to manifest their way to another final. The Mayo mindset, Fat Larry, it's very strong. I hope our listeners out there can bring something similar as they build up in their preparation towards the big game. I hope you have heard Fat Larry's words there and they're echoing around in your Mayo skulls over the next few days because if we believe we can achieve, guys, we've worked very, very hard. We've worked damn hard to get this far. And if myself and Fat Larry ever knew or thought we'd be in such a privileged position to be rousing and rallying the troops of inbred Mayo, well... We'd be absolutely delighted to think of it. But here we are. We found ourselves in the situation. And you know what? We just need to We just need to go that step further. And we just need to use our Mayo magic to get us over the line. And I think that'll do us for today, folks. Thank you very much for listening and joining in. We hope this helped. We hope we didn't overload you with too many tactical nuances there. Information overload can sometimes happen. That's why we try and keep it, keep it brief. We've got a bit of a shorter podcast done there today, Fat Larry. It's always nice to keep it short and sweet, you know, TJ. We like to get to the points nice and quick here. Summarise the main points for the listeners, because I think that's what the inbreds want. They don't want all the rambling. They don't want all the shy talk. You know, as we said, maybe in the past we have been, you know, told that we're a little bit too serious, too much tactics, probably getting into too much detail. I hope the listeners enjoyed. I think we got there. We got it done. We made it through. And it's time now. Get the flags out. Get the jersey out. Mayor back. And before we let you go, there's two people that I want to thank. One is a person, and I'm only doing it very sarcastically. And the second is a large group Sarcastic. of people. Well, we wait till you hear it. We need to thank Enel Dinnell because Enel Dinnell came out this week and claimed that he has secured full panels will be allowed to go into Crow Park for the All Ireland hurling final and All Ireland football semi finals. Thank you, Alan. I presume, of course, you're including yourself on that full panel, Alan. It's never easy to let go of these kind of things. So I hope when he says a full panel, he means it's going to be himself, Barry Moore and Andy Moore and Donald Drake, Caelan Crowe, Sinead and Ali Connor Shea, all these lads, the martyrs, all these lads that have stepped to one side over the last three or four years, all the fellas that Mayo are back have gotten kicked off the team. You know, clubhouse men. All the clubhouse men. Some of them are gone. Some of them are still the there. Club. Will they be able to do it? Only Sunday will tell. The last thank you goes out to every one of our Corja Mayo are back. You are responsible for this festival of inbreeding, not us. Let's hope, folks, that we're back for one more podcast after this one. But until then, up Mayo, Mayo do do do. Good score, Paddy! Good score!